It's time for Conversations with the Mayors, brought to you by Gonzalez Painters and Contractors, voted Best Painters in the Triangle by Indie Week and featuring a 4.9-star Google rating. Gonzalez Painters and Contractors' commitment to excellence and transformative artistry speaks volumes. Trust the experts to exceed your expectations for your next interior or exterior paint project. Visit fgpainting.com. We are joined now in studio by Chapel Hill Mayor Jess Anderson. Jess, how's your week been? It has been good. How about yours, Andrew? It's uh, gone by quickly. We were talking off mic that I'm out of here tomorrow. So uh, Brighton's hosting the show, and I'll be on a child-free weekend vacation for the first time since having children. So Amazing. So the week's actually flown by because I've got had to get... Well, because you have something to look forward right, to. Right, I've got something to look forward to. i got yeah. five days' worth of stuff to pack into four days, so it's uh, it's been well, great. I bet it's worth and it. Now it. And now suddenly I'm on the verge of it being my weekend already, so... Mm-hmm. That's the best. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> is, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about, and unfortunately, the first thing, I know you can't talk a lot about this, but we had uh, the fatal accident on 54 that happened uh, just kind of on the eastern edge of town, last month and it involved some unc students it involved some underage drinking and ale is involved in the investigation now and this is kind of like the first big news event that's happened in town since you've become mayor and i'm just kind of wondering what you're hearing from the community and and how that has kind of gone over in your office yeah um it's just such a tragic situation our hearts go out to molly's family um I think the most important point right now is just that we want all of our young people to be safe. You know, whether they're from here or they have come here for school, every parent should be able to expect their kids to come home from college. And it's just really awful anytime one mistake around alcohol and driving leaves a family without their child. Um, we, we have resources on campus and through our town crisis counselors for those who may be struggling with loss or trauma related to this event. And of course, the town always encourages parents and our students to talk to each other about how important it is to stay safe around alcohol use and driving. Um, It, you know, it hits our community hard. And as a parent, of course, myself, but just really wanting the best for all of us. It's it's just a hard thing. And I think um, I think what I'm hearing from the community is just a real sense of sorrow um, that that something we hate to see happen has happened again. These are definitely issues that all communities face, and it and it you know feels more highlighted the smaller the community is. But it's kind of a different thing in a college town as well. It's a little bit more complex, and you're you're kind of I don't know in some ways, uh, as you alluded to, you're carrying the weight of all these other towns that have sent these kids here. Right. So I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the the complexity of of not necessarily even in the in the context of a tragedy like this, but just the complexity of Chapel Hill as college town as opposed to just Chapel Hill as small town. Well, that's right. I mean, we we often hear from folks whose kids go to school here um, who they themselves may not be residents, but they have a lot of interest in what goes on in Chapel Hill for understandable reasons. So we do have a complexity of feeling like we have stakeholders or we care for and about people who are from across the state and sometimes from across the country. Um, And it is complex when, you know, the more organizations that you throw into any situation, the more complex it gets, especially government. But um, I think often it's a huge benefit to have our, um, our university partners. They make 
a lot of our work easier. Of course, um, we are the place we are because of the university. And um, I think being in the mayor's office when things like this happen, it it does feel like you are reaching out beyond potentially the, you know, the boundaries of the town, that there are people who do um, entrust Chapel Hill as a community with their children when they send them here. And so, of course, um, that weighs heavy on us, but it also means that we, we do have stakeholders that we might not run, to, run into at the grocery store, but they do care about what happens in our town. It's the voice of Chapel Hill Mayor Jess Anderson. And along those lines, uh, Aaron Keck had UNC Interim Chancellor Lee Roberts on earlier in the week, and he'd mentioned having a conversation with you as well. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what that meeting conversation was like, and uh, particularly in the context of the conversation we were just having about the partnership between the town yeah. and the university. Yeah, sure. Um I guess it was last month. I, I feel like I'm losing track of time and days regularly, but um, uh, it was great to be able to um, meet with Interim Chancellor Roberts, to be able to just welcome him and, and meet him face-to-face, knowing that um, we you know are, are hoping both to, to partner with each other. I'm excited to have um, someone at the helm who I think um, is really interested in partnering. Um, I, I know that the community is very interested in issues related to downtown, and so we talked some about that. Um, he'd actually, he um, has been teaching classes um, at at the other school where I got my <laughs> master's degree. So we talked a little bit about that and just some interest um, across those lines. But I think um, I think it's just really important to make sure that. Um, that as the mayor's office, that the mayor's office has connections to our partners on campus. And we we're just really glad to be able to meet, kind of have an initial meeting, get to know each other a little bit and set the groundwork for um, a continued partnership around our shared interests and, um, you know, making sure that good things happen going forward. Were there any, were, did you talk issues at all? Or was this very much a like get to know you meet and greet sort of situation? Um, we didn't delve into anything too deep, knowing that we really had never met before in person. So you don't necessarily spend, you know, um, the good portion of your hour together, de- de- you know, delving deep into issues. But we did talk about kind of some shared interests, some of the challenges, um, certainly some of the interest from the Board of Trustees, the Board of Governors, and the Chancellor's Office around kind of uh, downtown and behaviors, but um, and also our interest in making sure that we are working together to create the housing that we know not just students but staff and faculty need um, to be able to be part of our community in a way that's a little, you know, more cohesive. But um, I think we... Uh, we were in great agreement on all the things we talked about. And I think going forward, it'll just be figuring out what are those real spots of collaboration and where are the places that we can work together more closely. Jess, we are seven minutes into this conversation and we have not talked LUMO yet. What? And I know that that was, <laughs> uh, that was a large part of how you spent your evening yesterday. So we should, we should give LUMO some love. What is the latest on the uh, rewrite <laughs> of the land use? Uh, what, what's, the, what's the M for? Man- land use management, management ordinance. Management ordinance, yes. I know. Can you imagine that you're going to be talking about land use management ordinance for the entire year of 2024 with me? I mean, <laughs> has, that, has that really struck you yet? That I, that's it's starting happening? to sink in. Okay, good. <laughs> I hope you come to terms with it soon. Um, it is, um, 
It is a very wonky topic, but it is um, it's really the key policy areas that that guide um, growth and development in Chapel Hill. So it's things that actually our community get very passionate about that people fight about endlessly um, and just care about, understandably. So it's actually a really important topic. Um, so as I've shared previously, when we finish in November, um, when we finish this process in November, there will be um, rules that guide growth and shape future development that are much different than the ones on the books now. Um, so we're really hoping to inform everyone about the discussions we're having um, and get input on specific p policy decisions that we are making. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that we're doing is talking about areas where time and time again, we've seen that one of our existing ordinances are not living up to our interests or there's a conflict in what we want and what our ordinances allow. Um, so a good example is around tree canopy. Um, in recent years, we've all been frustrated by the loss of mature tree canopy on bigger parcels. And so we talked last night about ways to ensure preservation while still allowing development, um, the types of development that we want to have happen. So um, another hot topic is we also talked about drive-throughs. Uh, it's a debate that comes up frequently on social media and elsewhere. You would be surprised, or maybe you're not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I was um, having this conversation earlier today, even, with somebody about drive throughs <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is every water cooler, apparently, <laughs> apparently. has to have a conversation about drive throughs <laughs> So historically, our community has not been in favor of drive throughs um, and we had a really good conversation last night, and there were many perspectives on this topic. And for the most part, what I heard was people agree that in terms of the en environment and our interest in creating pedestrian-friendly places, our views are pretty much the same about drive throughs Now, that being said, there were some interest in a couple uses like pharmacies and banks um, that provide services for people who have disabilities. Um, there are also, um, since the pandemic, some uh some kind of new ideas out there in the planning world, I guess, about um, the utility of some amount of drive-throughs. Um, and just for parents, again, people have mobility issues. Uh, and of course, if you're sick um, with COVID or something else, it's uh, it can be a really good thing. So I will say that my opinion of drive-throughs altered significantly when I had my first child and could yep. only get him to nap while in a moving vehicle. That's right. And then you know what? If I can get coffee without leaving my kid in the car, I'm going to uh -huh. do it. Uh, that's right. <laughs> there is this kind of ideological opposition to drive-throughs that right. then can kind of wear away in some places when you have a yep. life experience yep. that makes you really thankful for a drive-through. So I think we we basically um, got those type of perspectives out on the table last night. And so we're trying to find a way that we're not interrupting pedestrian realm or that we're not, you know, increasing emissions, but that we're also kind of allowing for, right, like when you're exhausted or you have your kids and they won't fall asleep unless they're in a moving vehicle, these are the these are the times when, you know, you're not sad that there's a drive-through, but where is really important too. So <clears throat> there was one plea not to do away with cookout. That was, I think, something that maybe the entire community can also rally around. I don't know. It would seem, based on our social media interactions, I think everybody is in favor of any any sentence that has the word cookout in it. I think so, too. Right. <laughs> so, like, if, if we fight about many things, there are a few things that we can really coalesce around. One of them is cookout. There we go. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, 
We met for three hours, so we covered a number of other topics, including our interest in small-scale commercial and how to approach housing pressures in a college town. Um, so back to your question about meeting with the interim chancellor. Um, but that meeting was recorded for folks who want to listen if you weren't able to be there, and it's on our website. And I'm just from a process standpoint, what, you know, you said that the plans to have the, the LUMO rewrite done in November, wh- how often are these checkpoints coming and what does the council's actual role when those checkpoints happen? Yeah, so um, we are basically having one work session a month that addresses um, several, usually LUMO topics. So January through May, um, we'll be meeting to discuss kind of big policy topic areas. And then some of them do have something kind of nested under there, like a drive through where it's maybe not the most hard-hitting policy issue, but it's something that we kind of just need to decide and that the the staff feels like falls under kind of um, something that they, they can't just go ahead and decide based on our previous planning or anything else. Um, the staff is also going to be hosting a variety of public information sessions and putting out some surveys to gather input on these topics. So so just, you know, please keep any eyes out for those and be engaged in that. Because again, um, <clears throat> we're really changing our process so that a lot of times you won't necessarily be coming to a council meeting where we're approving a development. Um, this is going to change the rules and change the process. So being aware of that and being able to have input now is when you can do that. Um, And later on, it will be different. It's not that there won't be community engagement or input, but it will look a lot different. And the rules uh, are the important part. So we encourage folks to stay engaged and, and at least attend something or do something online. Chapel Hill Mayor Jess Anderson. And we have just like 30 seconds left. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Yeah, I have a shout out to our Community Sustainability Office. Um, They have put together a neighborhood tree planting project that's underway in Northside and Pine Knolls neighborhoods. And the town received grant funding from the Orange County Climate Action Fund. And they're working with the Jackson Center and neighbors who are planting 40 new trees throughout the neighborhood, which is very exciting. Um, Also, we'll be meeting next on March 6th. And so we're taking a break next week and then coming back together. And I think the main item so far for that agenda is um, a new paradigm or a new way of structuring our advisory boards. Just great stuff as always. Thanks for stopping by. And I'll talk to you again the next time we're both in town. That's right. When we're both here, I'll see you (laughs) then. Exactly.